The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Hey guys, welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This week, we have Sahara Rose on the show. She's a best-selling author, a wellness blogger, and Ayurveda. Ayurveda? Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Specialist and the host of the Highest Self Podcast. Today, we are talking all about our doshas, what doshas are, Ayurveda, what Ayurveda is, diets, body imbalance, tongue scraping, and the meaning of our dreams, which I know you love, Lauren. Lots of tongue scraping. I feel like the more I say Ayurveda, Ayurveda, I'm going to get better at saying it, but it's a a tongue twister. I'm Lauren Everts. I'm the creator of The Skinny Confidential, which is a blog, brand, book, and obviously a podcast. The Skinny Confidential has become a resource for women all over the world, which has turned into an incredible huge community of hundreds of thousands of women. A lot of you guys are connecting in the secret Facebook group, which you have to check out if you're not a part of. And I'm Michael Bosick. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an investor. I'm a business operator. I specialize in brand development and business growth. Over the last 10 years, I have developed, helped to develop and manage multiple brands in the direct-to-consumer space and now in the podcast space. And we saw Kim Kardashian this weekend. We did. We did see Kim Kardashian. She was really good. I was really impressed with her posture and her poise and what she had to say. Listen, a lot of people hate on that family. But it's undeniable that they are crushing it and they're working and they figured out the system. And listen, when you, we, we heard her speak and like the, it's, it's really impressive to, to hear how many businesses that they've started and how many people they've reached and how many shows they've been on and how long they've been on. Like whatever your opinion is of that family, like there can be no doubt that in the digital age, they have really learned how to figure it out and crush it. Yeah. Some of the takeaways were that she always shows up on time. She's always professional. She's always nice and kind. And she said it really is that simple. Those three things, her hustle, her drive, she talked about. She also talked about how she's a little bit more specific at what she says yes to. But when she was first starting out, she said yes to everything, which Michael, that kind of sounds like me yep. a little bit. That's a similarity. Are you, are you comparing yourself to Kim K? <laughs> no, not really. But she did have really, really good posture. And she also revealed the two things, the best part and the worst part about being Kim Kardashian. She said the worst part was when she looks like shit and she wants to go outside and eat a churro and just not, I'm quoting her, not like have anyone just up my ass. I would be the worst. If I was outside looking like shit trying to eat a churro and people were up my ass bothering me. There'd be like fisticuffs, you know what I mean? She also said that material things don't make her happy anymore, which was interesting. She says she really likes experiences and trips, and that is what is important to her now. Well, hint people, that should be everybody's goal. Experiences over objects always. I agree. Uh, Her best part of being Kim Kardashian is that she gets free shit, free trips, free planes, free everything. (laughs) I I told you last week, people despise the free lunch. I don't want anything for free. Despise the free lunch. Despise the free lunch. That's very true. All right. So what's going back on? What's going on? I'm off the wagon. I have, I'm done. It's the last you guys have to hear about it. This is the song that never ends. You know, I don't feel much different. He had a drink. Um, I had a couple drinks, tequila soda and just tequila on ice. That's my go-to right now. And, um, 
I'm off the wagon. I'm disappointed in myself. Why? You did two months no alcohol. I know, but now I'm ready. You know, we're going to have a drink tonight. We're getting ready to go to, to dinner with Jillian Michaels, which is going to be fun. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, she's pretty funny. So we're going to go see her. So I'll probably have to have a drink with her. And I then... wish we could podcast dinner with her tonight. We got, Maybe I'll pull a little recorder out. We can little record a little piece. You would never do that because you can't compromise the sound. So off the wagon and, you know. I'm I'm just I'm I'm out there again. So. Are you gonna have a glass of red wine tonight, or are you gonna go? No, with I'm the going tequila? with the tequila. Tequila. Okay. I'm, I'm not doing the red wine. Okay. I don't need that bloating right now. Oh my god, I can't deal. <gasps> All right, with that, let's jump into the him and her tip of the week. All right, you go first. All right, so my tip of the week is all about a bedtime drink. Okay, and. You know, you, you guys know me. I don't like to mess around with all the, you know, weird stuff that people have to take to, to go to sleep. I like the all-natural way to sleep. I don't like any sleeping pills. I don't like any weird stuff to, to, to put me under. You know what I mean? Like, just because I don't like the way it makes me feel in the morning, I need to be on point. I need to be quick. I need to be moving fast. And so I've done a lot of research on w- what I can use to fall asleep. And I've done multiple things. One is the Calm Tea. What's, what's that stuff called? The calm stuff? We talked about it last episode. Calm yeah. tea. It's I magnesium. Use, I use that. But, and everyone knows about that. We've talked about it before. But there's another thing. I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast, so I'm not taking credit for this. This is fully on his podcast. And then I did research, and he's actually done some blog posts on it. But he has a concoction that he makes with three ingredients. It is Bragg's, apple cider vinegar. Bragg's, you know that stuff. Um, raw organic honey. So it's about one tablespoon of raw organic honey two tablespoons of Bragg's, and then hot water, in hot water. And for, for whatever reason, you drink this before you're going to bed, and even he says he doesn't understand the scientific reasoning, He's but he's interviewed a lot of different people that have tried this, and now he's not interviewed me, but me included has tried this. And for whatever reason, it just knocks you out. And it knocks you out in a really, really good way. You're not groggy. You're not like super tired on having those crazy vivid dreams. It just puts you to sleep. So I started experimenting like I do, and I did this for the last couple of weeks, and I love it. And so I wanted to pass this on as my tip of the week. And the best part is, is all of these items can be found on Thrive, Thrive Market. And they who, can get them for free. Yes, and they can get them for free. You guys can get them for free with our code thrivemarket.com slash skinny. It's not, a, it's not a code to be clear, though. It's a, it's a link, thrivemarket.com forward slash skinny. The apple cider vinegar on Thrives is like three bucks, which and is nothing. And it's the raw one, the one that yeah, you Bragg's, want to get. Bragg's. Mm-hmm. Bragg's apple cider vinegar. And the honey, uh, you can whichever raw honey you'd like um, to use, and then just warm water. And honestly, you put this in a drink and knock yourself out. So again, we use, you know, for all these types of items, for all our healthy items, for all our supplements, for all these organic things, we use Thrive Market just because they're a partner of the show and we love them. And you guys can use them too. $60 in free groceries and free shipping. When you use thrivemarket.com slash skinny. So try this drink out. I'm telling you, it'll knock you right out. It'll put you to sleep and you're going to write in and be like, wow, that really worked. I wish I could take all the credit, but I can't. So Tim Ferriss, thank you for recommending that. If you ever hear this, which I hope you do. When Michael's annoying me late at night, and this isn't my tip, but it's just a little tip to throw in there. You can make this drink for your husband or your boyfriend and they'll fall right to sleep. So I think it's efficient. Uh, I want to talk, I want to do a little plot twist here. I want to talk about an epidemic. Taylor, I hope you're listening. I want to talk about dirty tongues. Okay, guys? Which we get into in this episode. But we, now that we've, now that we heard about it from Sahara, now we're on the lookout for dirty tongues. And we will catch you if you have one. 
So everyone can just look in the mirror and if you have a lot of white stuff on your tongue. Or gray or, or gray. green okay. or yellow. Your tongue's probably dirty. So this epidemic is happening everywhere. In this episode, like Michael said, we discuss the importance of a good tongue cleaner. The one that I use is stainless steel and it's life-changing. I went and bought literally five after this episode and you will hear why um, you need one. But let me just give you a little sneak peek. So I don't like the plastic ones because they're full of BPA and I would just rather do stainless steel. I think the stainless steel is sharper than the plastic. So yes, that makes a difference. And also not to be gross, but the plastic ones get this dirty film on them and the stainless steel ones are more easy to clean. So keep that in mind. So like I said, the stainless steel ones really get the job done. They're really aggressive. I actually bought mine off Thrive Market, which is so funny because I feel like our tips are intertwined. You can get your raw apple cider vinegar, your raw honey and your tongue cleaner and you're, you're good to go. Um, like I said, if you're going to get Michael sleepy time, you can take my nighttime concoction and in the morning you can, after you wake up, you can scrape it off with your tongue cleaner. So you can get Michael's trifecta on Thrive Market and make sure you throw in a stainless steel tongue cleaner or two or three or four. They're only six bucks. And if you use your Thrive code, it's free. So six bucks to change your health, wellness, and breath. (laughs) Michael has one too. I I strategically put a couple in his uh, DOP kit. And I just think they make such a difference. If you think about it, we we clean our teeth, we clean our gums. If I can use this show for anything to like bring awareness to something, I think this t- dirty tongues is something to bring awareness to. So, you know, if, if this show, if it's done anything, if it's just brought in awareness to dirty tongues, I think we've done our job. Yeah, we have. We've done our job. But we, we got to think about our tongues. There's millions of bacteria that collect on the tongue and simply brushing your teeth or your tongue does not remove all the bacteria. So your tongue produces all this sulfur. I looked it up. It's pretty gross if you want to do more research on it, but it causes just bad breath. Your tongue contains bacteria and it also can lead to other health issues. So when you clean your tongue, you're preventing bad breath. You'll taste your food more when it's clean. It boosts your immunity. It improves your digestive health and more. So we get into the details on this episode with Sahara. I just figured my hair tip needed to be all about the tongue. And for the record, I'm getting my entire family tongue cleaners as stocking stuffers. I don't mean to brag, but I feel like I deserve a medal for my tongue cleaning contribution. And during the whole, because you know, we, we again, everyone knows we do these interviews in advance. After she told me, I've been doing it every day, and I honestly actually feel better. Like, Doesn't I feel it feel clean. good? Yeah, it feels good. It really does. You you know how when you brush your teeth in the morning, but you're still like not wanting to breathe on anyone. Now with my tongue cleaner, I'm just feeling super confident. And good. Well, I don't know if you know this, but. A lot of people don't know this, and this is a tangent, but I want to bring this tangent up. So when they were inventing toothpaste back in the day to get people to use it, they had to put them in a habit cycle. And there's a book on this by Charles Duhigg, talked, um, I think it's called Habit. But anyways, they, they were trying to get people to brush their teeth. And to get people to do anything, you have to first you have to present something to them to do that they can do consistently. And then after they do it, there has to be some kind of reward system so that they continuously do it to develop a habit, right? And so they... Put this stuff, you know, when you brush your teeth and it tastes minty and it kind of tastes spicy and it like kind of burns you a little bit. So they didn't used to have that in toothpaste and they put that in later because it makes you feel minty clean, but it actually doesn't really do anything. It's just for the feeling of feeling clean, right? But with tongue cleaning, 
you get an actual real feeling after because you get all that stuff out of your tongue and so it feels clean. So it's been easy to develop as a habit. I bet you didn't know that thing about the toothpaste. You are a wealth of knowledge. You've yeah. actually told me that about 10 times, but, but 11's the charm. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you start scraping your tongue and you get all the stuff off and you have a perfectly clean, pink, red, whatever it is, tongue, and then you start seeing a bunch of these dirty tongues flopping around, it's going to motivate you. You do look at people's tongues after you start cleaning your tongue. And I know that this is really excessive that we're talking about this for 500 hours, but I'm telling you, you guys, it makes a huge difference. So buy one for all your friends and family. Just make sure you use thrivemarket.com slash skinny for a free tongue cleaner or 10. You get free $60 in groceries plus free shipping. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Sahara Rose is the best-selling author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into a new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra. She's a 27-year-old certified Ayurvedic, holistic, and sports nutritionist, as well as a wellness blogger and the host of the Highest Self podcast, which is listed as the top seven podcast by Yoga Journal. She really is a wealth of knowledge, guys. I learned so much from her. Her mission is to awaken people from their innate potential so that they can share their gifts and fulfill their purpose on the planet. She has so many tips for morning routines, nighttime rituals. I learned a lot of tools and tactics. And most importantly, we talk about tongue cleaning. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Okay. We're live. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first thing I feel like we need to ask you is about our doshas since we don't know what those are and can you just tell us what a dosha is before we hop into ours yeah let's do the idiot's guide to doshas okay so the word dosha means energy in sanskrit and there's five main elements that it's based off of air space fire water and earth and together they create the three doshas so vata is air and space pitta is fire and water and kapha is earth and water so to make it simple vata think wind pitta think fire Kapha, think earth. Okay? Okay. So people who are more vata, in their minds, like, let's say I was like, oh, she's so airy. What do you think they're like? The earth. No, if I was like, if I was like, I have a friend, but she's super airy. Like, what do you think that their personality would be like? Okay, but but you have to say the names again for me to say what it is. No, like, if I was describing (laughs) someone as an airy person, what would an airy person be like? I don't, I don't know. Have you like, okay, airy would be like light energy. Yeah. Like maybe they're super spacey. I thought you're asking me which dosha. Oh no, 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 no. I'm clearly this one. (laughs) (laughs) We just answered that question. (laughs) Right. So it would be like, maybe they're spacey. Maybe they, you know, can't focus on one thing. Um, They get really excited easily. They move from one thing to another. So their characteristics in their mind are like the air, like the wind. Got it. Right? So that's me. (laughs) So a Vata person is is that. They're the air energy. So they're on the good side. They're creative. They're artistic. They're visionaries. They see things from a big picture perspective. So like the other doshas are more like in the day-to-day, whereas the Vata is like way up here and is like, oh, well, this is more of the long-term thing. Like, I like to think of Steve Jobs. He has a lot of vata in his mind. He's really, like, creative and imaginative and visionary. But at the same time, when there's too much air, too much wind going on in your mind, what happens is it turns into a tornado. So vata people are more likely to become anxious. They can overthink things. They can just worry about things because their minds are always running. So it can be either really productive or really destructive. So that's like a vata personality. Now in the body, if I was like, I feel like I have a lot of air in my body. What do you think that would mean? 
That you have gas? That you have bad digestion. Gas, right. Okay. Exactly. Gas, bloating. It's just like you're filled up with air. So that's what a vata person's body is. Like they eat something and they are super bloated right after. And a, a lot of girls have that too. Um, they tend to have like cold bodies. So they have cold body temperatures, even though they're, they're cool and their digestive tract is cold, which means like they have a hard time breaking down foods. Um, they tend to be like low energy, sometimes up, sometimes down. So vata is always moving. It's scattered. So just think of those qualities for vata. So I'm a vata. I can already tell. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. Well, I can tell you. Cold as ice. Yeah. So a good way to tell, I'll take your pulse, but I'm cold. like we both have really cold hands. Uh-huh. So that's vata and I can take your pulse. And even just from your pulse, like, so when I'm look when I'm doing someone's pulse, if it's a regular strong thumping pulse that's pitta they have like strong energy in their body if it's more irregular like yours is a little irregular it's not super but a little that's more vata because it's more scattered and moving and if it's like this like slow thump 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 that's kapha that's earth so just from that or like from the shape of someone's face vatas tend to have longer faces pittas tend to have more angled faces kaphas tend to have rounder faces so it's again, it's like the mind-body connection that sometimes just from the way someone's looks, someone's body structure, you can tell a lot about their personality. So this has been used, like the ancient Greeks used this, set up their system, the Romans used it, they turned it into Chinese medicine. It's been kind of globalized, but it's something that we, I don't know, maybe people feel bad judging people and stuff, but actually from looking at someone, you can tell a lot about what their personality traits are going to be like. I'm going to be going down the street judging everybody. <laughs> okay, Pitta, so, Vata. You know, okay, What's so the other one? The p- okay, so Vata, air, airy people. Okay. Yeah. Pitta, fire. Okay. So if I was like, ooh, like she's a really fiery person, what what would they be like? Pitta, right? Or like, like what, what would their characteristics be like? Um, I, Always on the move. Yeah, like high energy. Can't high. sit still. 20 million questions. Frantic. Yeah. And, well, I would assume like energy kind of and chaotic energy, maybe a little stress. bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like they bring on the fire. They, they have heat. They are, they're passionate, right? So we can even think of like cultures that relate like Latin American culture. Very pitta. Passionate. They love you. They hate you. It's like it's super black and white. So pitta people have that. They they're goal oriented. They see what they want and they're going to go get it. Like even your guys' story, like you saw Lauren, you're like. That's it. I'm going to go get it. That's so pitta of you, you know? <laughs> I've been pretty pitta my whole life, I think. So pitta people, they are natural born leaders. They need to be in leadership positions. Otherwise, like their their bodies will actually like go haywire. So they're strong born leaders. They, they're goal oriented, accomplished, disciplined, organized, structured. They need to have a schedule. They need to see what's going on. Like they don't, like the vata's like, you know, let's just figure it out as we go along. The pitta's like, no, I need to know. Um, they tend to have like, just like sharper, sharper characteristics. So, you know, they might like someone or not like them. They may be hungry and need food or like whatever. I don't care about food. I'm working. Like it's one or the other. Well, this is, (laughs) this is really, really gnarly. I really am glad that you can sit down and talk about this because (laughs) this is something I've tried to talk to you about. Let me ask you this and then I want to keep going. You can't change like it's not like somebody can be a vata one day and then a pitta the next like is that or can you, you? can i'll explain oh you can you okay. can okay so so, so pitta just so just so we're clear though i don't I, you don't even need to do his pulse he's a pitta i'm a vata is that right yeah. okay 
But, but I think you do have some vata in you and you do have some pit in you because you're obviously like goal oriented and structured. Otherwise you'd be like, you know, structured. Ooh. Mm. Well, to, <laughs> to create what you've created, obviously that required structure, which is why you guys balance each other and you're obviously a visionary as well. So we're not just like solely one dosha and like not the rest. It's like to varying amounts, right? So pits of people in their bodies, they have a lot of heat. So I don't know if you get hot easily. Yeah, super easily. So is it like always a problem that you're cold and you're hot? Yeah. How did you know that? I'm yeah. just like, that no. <laughs> but that's what happens in, in Vata pits of relationships. So you just tend to have a stronger heat in your system. So the digestion is literally called an Agni, which is the word for fire. So your digestive fire is stronger. So there's more blood moving through your body. There's more energy, more life force moving through your body, which is going to just make you get hot. Now, I don't know if you've ever had heartburn. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had heartburn. Yeah, so I that's, don't have it a lot, but I've had okay. it. Okay, so it when sucks. pitta is imbalanced, there's too much pitta, you start experiencing heartburn. And literally think of the word, your heart is burning. It's like yeah. too much pitta. So if your digestion is a fire, when you have a lot of fire going on already, it's like you throw food into that fire and your stomach starts throwing acid at it because that's how we break down food, right? So then there's too much acid. It moves up your esophagus and it leads to heartburn. It can lead to ulcers later on. It can just lead to acidity in the body. Inflammation is related to pitta. Um, loose stools, you know, vatas tend to be more on the constipated side. Pittas tend to be on the looser stool side because things are just moving through really fast. They tend to sweat a lot. Um, if pitta's imbalanced, it's a sharp smelling sweat. So there's, in every part of the body, there's indicators of what dosha is going on. A sharp smelling sweat, like a, like a pheromone like when, pungent. They're stressed, uh, when they're stressed. I mean, when they're stressed, that could mean that they're imbalanced and their pitta's, <laughs> their pitta's excess. So um, I don't know if you're attracted to spicy foods. I'm not. You're not? That's not. good. Because spicy foods will bring your pizza even more. They're going to throw you out of balance. So it's really good that you're not attracted to that. Tomatoes, onions, garlic. Do you like that? Um, no. I just, I, I really don't that much. I no. mean, listen, everybody likes a little bit you of garlic. Hate tomatoes. No, listen, I like for flavoring, right? Um, you like garlic on my breath every night when I breathe it in your face? No, I mean, you got to cook with a little bit of garlic, you know, but, um, right. no, I didn't really start eating tomatoes until this year and I'm very limited on it. Like I'm not, I'm not that into them. So those things so are your good. That means your body is balanced relatively because if you were craving those foods, your body's out of balance. So in Ayurveda, it's like a pendulum shifting in two directions. One direction is balance and the other one is imbalance. So the more balanced you are, the more you crave the things that bring you into balance, right? It's like when you're eating healthy all week and it's the weekend, you're like, I really don't want pizza. Like I'm good. And then you have like a week that you just eat horrible food and the pendulum has shifted the other direction. And you're like, you can't go back to broccoli on a Monday, right? So when your body is balanced, naturally it's saying, Maybe you want more cooling foods and more cleansing and simple foods because that's what your body needs to cool down the heat. If you were like, oh, I love Indian and Thai food and Mexican food, then we know it the pitta's going the wrong way. And so that would be a bad thing. That would be a bad case. thing. Yeah. So okay. for you, the cooling foods would be the best thing, like smoothies and coconut water and salads and like steamed vegetables and quinoa and grains, like simple. Okay. Um, I love spicy. You know what's funny? I don't really ever. So crave spicy anything. for you is is okay I'm because obsessed. you're vata and you're cold and you need more spices. So again, that's your body. You have a balanced body that you're relatively craving the foods that you need. Huh. Now with vatas though, raw and cold foods are really bad for them because their bodies are already so cold. So things like like I used to do all day smoothies, salads, everything I ate was cold and my vata became so out of balance that my body essentially was shutting down. So when I was 21 years old, I stopped, totally stopped getting my period. So I was infertile at that time. 
I was at risk for premature osteoporosis, arthritis, and Alzheimer's. And that's how I discovered Ayurveda because I was literally in the state of like, my body can't anymore. And I was on a raw vegan diet, which is like the worst thing for vatas. So if you're eating a lot of like greens and just juice cleansing and not eating anything warm, that's what it can lead to. And a lot of women these days have infertility issues and that's related to too much vata in their system. Because we think to be healthy is just to eat salads all day, whereas that's not a balanced diet. That could be good for a period of time, especially if you have more pitta in you. But if you're already cold, salads are like, putting ice on an already defeat defeated flame you know makes sense this yeah. is why i have a problem with blanket diet advice yeah right where they say like this, like if you want to be healthy you eat this diet i think everything has to be tailored to the individual and, sure. I, and i think everything in life has to be tailored to an individual mm-hmm. you can't there's blanket advice across the board for one demographic of people is or like a, a certain demographic of people is very difficult yeah so what is the third one so third one is kapha which is like the earth energy so if i was like Oh, she has a really earthy personality. What do you think they're like? They're like they're like Jordan. Like Michael's sister, like, like go calm. with the flow. Like they may talk. Spirit Soft. yeah. <sighs> a little bit like this. Oh yeah. Let me just connect with you. Connect with your heart. Like, you know. Your like, sister. How do uh pittas and earth what are, what are the other ones? Uh coffins. How do they typically get along? I'm just curious. Yeah, so it's all, the dynamics between all dishes are so interesting. So coffas, they're really in their bodies and you know, they feel things and they want to connect and they want to hear you and feel you and when you're pitta or when you're vata you're like hurry up what do you want to say what do you want to do you know and they're like let's just breathe into this for a bit you know so kapha people naturally in their bodies have more earth element which happens when you're younger in your life so throughout your life different doshas form and your your childhood years are kapha So that's when you're building your body. You're essentially building the blocks that are going to last you for the rest of your life. That's earth. Earth is stability. Earth is strong. Earth is, you know, lasting. You know, we throw all this garbage at earth and earth continues to provide. So that's what kapha people are like. They are so giving. They're so warm. They're so generous. They oftentimes put other people's needs before their own. But what can happen over time is they end up feeling depleted. So you would never guess that cough a person who's always smiling and seems really chill, they're actually the most likely to suffer from depression. So Robin Williams is a really good example of one. He's making everyone else around him happy, but we didn't know what was going on inside. So think cool, calm, centered, but out of balance, stuck. They can get stuck in their old ways. They may be resistant to change and trying new things. They may have, you know, the same friends for the rest of their lives and like not want to go out and, and make new ones. Whereas vatas are like, hey, you, you're my new friend. And pittas are like, okay, is this going to work or not? And it's like, you know, kafas are like, you know, no new friends, no new friends. Like They have what they need and they don't, they're not looking for anything else. But if that goes into excess, that can lead into emotional eating and um, loneliness and longing for the past. So even in relationship with time, kafas are in the past Pittas are super in the present that sometimes they can like forget about the past and the future and like flip out and vatas are in the future and they're, they're thinking about what's next. <laughs> See, because uh, <laughs> I think, I think that I actually like in, in my balance, like I never look in the past. Like that's mm-hmm. like something I don't ever do. Um, but I do spend a lot of my time in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like not really, right? I'm not like time traveling, but, right. um, I think I'm, I am present. So but he's I, asking, is he a medley? But I'm, no, but at the same time, I, I do find like a lot of my thought pattern thinking like, okay, like what's next? What's, and I think that's just, 
that's how I've been my whole life. But I, right. but I, but then again, I'm also um, pretty present to myself. I just never look in the past. So I'm wondering, like, as I'm as I'm hearing you explain these things, there's a combination. Like me personally, I don't. I think I'm social, but at the same time, I'm very like content with where I'm at. Like I'm not. Right. I'm not going around and looking for. Let's say, I don't want to say I'm not looking for new friends because I am, but it's not, but I'm also very content. With right. It's not I'm. like a priority for you. No, listen, I love meeting people. It's part of the reason we do this podcast and I love being social, but at the same time, I'm completely content mm-hmm. where I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, so all of these doshas, this, what I'm explaining is like, if you were only to be one, we are all a combination of all three. So your question before of how this can change, it can. So when we were born, we were born with something called your prakriti which is like your natural born constitution. It's in your DNA. So it's like, you're born blonde. I'm born brown hair. Some, you know, if you have kids. I wasn't born blonde. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to tell. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So you're born brunette or even in personalities, if you have kids, some kids are more outgoing from the beginning. Some are more calm. So that's just in your DNA. So that's called your prakriti. So in your prakriti, you have a combination of all three. So let's say you're mostly vata, secondarily pitta, lastly kapha, or, or somewhere in between. Some people are pretty equal in both. Some people, some very rare people are totally equal in all three. So you're a combination. Then you live your life and, you know, maybe you live in California versus living in New York, or maybe you live a stressful lifestyle or a really peaceful lifestyle. And all of these things are going to affect your doshic constitution, your prakriti. And that's called your vikriti, what you have today. So imbalances show up when your vikriti, what's going on right now, does not match with what you were born with. Does that make sense? Uh So for me, you can tell from the shape of my face, I was born more kapha. I have a round face, big eyes, baby-like features, thick hair. That's all really kapha, child. But in my life, I became a raw vegan. I was like a competitive dancer. I was moving all the time, blogging all the time, active, active, active. But my body couldn't handle it. It was too much, too much movement, too much stimulation. So that led to a vata imbalance, which was like all of those things I just talked about, adrenal fatigue, whereas another person could have done that just fine. It wouldn't have been an issue. So again, it's knowing what works with your system. It doesn't mean you're stuck with that, but it means you just have to like know that there's certain things that you're naturally going to be better at and certain things that are going to be more of a challenge for you. And how did this come about? Like, give us a little bit, like a, I guess, like your book says, The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. It's kind of a word. Yeah. So how did me writing the book come about? No. How did, how did Ayurveda come about? Like, give us like a little history. Give us, for someone that knows no, no idea. Who invented this? Someone who's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's who wrote the book. Um, (laughs) So Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system. It originated in ancient India 5,000 years ago, and it's the sister science of yoga. In fact, the two were always meant to be practiced together. So the purpose of yoga is not to be more balanced or more flexible or have abs. It's actually to become one with source. That's the purpose of yoga. It was meant to be a spiritual practice. You move your body and do those things so you can get into that state of meditation of like pure presence and being one with everything. That's so funny that you say that because I had a moment like a year ago where I was taking yoga and I thought I had just clarity, mental clarity. And I thought this has nothing to do with working out or my body. Yeah. It has to do completely with my mind. And the second I made that distinction, it's changed yoga for me. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I don't think of it anything to do with losing weight or my abs or anything like you said. Sorry, I just thought that. No, but that's what true yoga is. And a lot of us, we try to turn it into, and I have no problem. I love hot yoga and sculpt yoga and stuff. 
but the purpose of all of these movements is so you can reach that point of stillness. So that's what yoga was created for. Now, Ayurveda was like the predecessor and it's like, okay, how can you become enlightened when your digestion's out of whack or you have anxiety or your back hurts and like all these like human issues that we have in our minds and bodies. So Ayurveda is the practice of making sure you're balanced mentally and physically so you can truly go into the practice of yoga. So what we've kind of taken is like one aspect of yoga, which is asana, physical movement, and turned it sort of into this like exercise. But now more and more people are like, oh, what else is there to this? How do I eat? Like I leave the yoga class feeling amazing. What else can I do? Which is why like Ayurveda is coming up again. So the word Ayurveda means knowledge of life. Mm -hmm. So in order to be balanced, you must have knowledge of all areas of your life. So if a doctor, if you go to a gastroenterologist, he just asks you about your digestion and then you go to a therapist and she just asks you about your mind and you go to an endocrinologist and just asks you about your hormones. Whereas an Ayurvedic practitioner, what we're trained to do is to ask you about everything because they're all interconnected. Got it. So like the first time I went to an Ayurvedic um, practitioner was for like digestive reasons, really. And she's like, what kind of dreams do you have? I'm like, why, like, why are you asking me that? She's like, are you moving? Is it realistic? Like asking about these things and like, what's like how do you feel when you think about your parents and all of these things and that has everything to do with your digestion we just don't see the parallels as much but now we're waking up to like 70 percent of serotonin is in your gut and just like how interconnected the mind and the body are which is why now there is more scientific studies and research and Deepak Chopra has done tons of it to show like Ayurveda actually is really based in science it was actually the medical system used in India until the British rule like that was the only medical system used wow yeah that's nuts so you and I were talking before, there's a lot of things that um, I do on Instagram story and Snapchat and blog that I actually didn't know mm -hmm. originated, I guess, am, tell me if I'm using the right verbiage, in Ayurveda. Yeah, Ayurvedic. That, Ayurvedic. Yeah. Okay, it's a hard word to say. It is, yeah. So there's things like dry brushing, mm -hmm. um, I scrape my tongue, Yes. oil pulling. Yeah. Um, there was self, -massage, self massage, face massage. Face massage. Yeah. Talk to me about all these like niche things that you know, are becoming popular now and why they're important. Right. So in Ayurveda, if your body is like, like a vessel to this higher source, like the best thing you can do is to tend it. And like, that's why self-care is literally sacred. It's like a, it's like a religious practice. You have to take care of your body. So the mouth is super important in Ayurveda because when you leave bacteria on your mouth and you're swallowing it, you're drinking water, you're just constantly taking it back in. So I feel like I read this on your blog that you knew that like you shouldn't drink water before you've brushed your teeth. That's an Ayurvedic thing. Someone, whoever told me this, it was a reader, said don't drink water first thing in the morning without brushing your teeth because yeah. you're swallowing all that bacteria. Mm -hmm. So when I wake up before I drink water now I brush my teeth first. Is that the way to do it? Yes. Okay. So and a good thing would also to tongue scrape. So okay. for people who don't know tongue scrape is like a little u-shaped tool. You can get it at stainless steel or copper and you basically scrape like the bacteria off your tongue, the white stuff that you wake up with. In Ayurveda that's called ama toxins. So not only is it good for like good breath, but it actually helps your digestion. And the reason is because digestion starts the moment you put food in your mouth. The moment you put something on your tongue, there's receptors on your tongue that are telling your body, okay, what sort of digestive enzymes are this needed. Is coming. Yeah, how much acid is needed, which is why it's so important to chew your food. Now, if your tongue is coated with white stuff, 
it's not going to be as sensitive and to the receptor. Let's be honest, no one, no one wants their signal as quickly. No one exactly. wants their tongue with white stuff all over it. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> well, you know when like Miley Cyrus did that whole like thing and her tongue was sticking out. All the Ayurvedic practitioners were going crazy. Like there's so much white stuff on her tongue. <laughs> oh, I don't do any white tongues. If you put I'm your tongue st- near me and it's <laughs> white, I'm gonna start judging people now. If I'm talking to them and I see like, a tongue. white tongue, I'm gonna be like, whoa, 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 partner. Let's get everyone in your family tongue scrapers for Christmas and their stocking. I'm just gonna carry a bag of tongue scrapers around. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes even more. I mean, we could nerd out on tongues, even where the white stuff is on your tongue, the color of it. You know, pittas tend to have more yellow. Vatas tend to have more gray. Coughs tend to have it like all over. If the tip of your tongue is red, that's a pitta imbalance. The shape of your tongue will tell you what dosha you are. So it's like just the tongue is like so much information. Let me see your tongue. You have it's a good tongue. Bad, huh? Good tongue. You have Do a you good tongue, tongue scrape? I, I take care of myself. You tongue scrape here and there. You could tongue scrape more I actually, being t- I actually tongue scraped this morning and didn't even know that we were going to wow. be talking about tongue scraping. With what tongue scraper? Because we don't have one in LA. I have one that's behind the toothbrush. You know what I'm talking about? Some you're, I, listen, uh, I didn't have the copper one. I'm, you know I'm going to go on Amazon and yeah. get it though. Oh of shit, he's going to fucking buy So five. I actually don't use the copper one. The reason is like it is a traditional Ayurvedic thing, but like also like talk, talk, um, copper toxicity is like a thing that like I don't know if they thought about it or not. I'd rather just use stainless steel because it's like you know surgical grade and it's just easier he'll buy the surgical grade don't worry yeah <laughs> i'll be yeah we'll be talking after this i've been I, I was just looking through your book and doing like the the quiz I, I need to be present to this conversation but then i started getting distracted with the with the That's quiz the and like, yeah, I, started, <laughs> I started like freaking out here i'm like oh my god like a lot of these answers are like right up the alley yeah. so everyone should wake up and they should clean their tongue first thing and then brush or should they brush and then clean their tongue okay so wake up if you can recall your dreams that's a really important thing. Just Can we stop and talk about dreams for a second? Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have said this. Because <laughs> I wanted, I want to talk. I want to like you. I meant to ask you this when you first mentioned it. You okay. saying like the type of dreams, like they they say mess with your digestion and everything. Yeah. So, without going too deep into either of us, like what are the like are there is there like a segment? Dosha's dreams? dreams, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that a little bit? For sure, yeah. So vatas tend to have really imaginative dreams. Um, They tend to have dreams with they're running away or they're flying or like they're soaring. And it's just sort of like really abstract. Okay. Pittas tend to have dreams of like actual real life situations. And they tend to dream about problems that they have and like ways to solve it. Is that oh what you're having? God. Okay, oh well, God. the whole audience doesn't need your whole life story. <laughs> no, okay. let's, keep, let's keep going. I okay. Kafas okay. tend to not dream. Kafas tend to wake up and they're dreaming. They can't recall it. I'm starting to think that I might not like a lot of kafas. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning I was like, oh, kafa. But there's there's a lot of beauty to kafas too. Kafas are like Oprah energy. You okay. know, Oprah is like, you love Oprah. She's going to give everyone a car. She's so loving. But you know, Oprah needs to take care of herself more, you know. And that's her whole thing that she's been really vocal about. She's always... Like someone comes to her door, can you can I have money? She gives it to them. She's so kafa. Grandmother is so so kafa. We need kafas in this world. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone will go crazy. I'm just kidding. I love the kafas. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to have the kafas out on a, in a you know picketing and raging. Like okay, we're... so you wake up, you recall your dreams. Recall your dreams. Good to keep a dream journal. Um, set intentions for the day. Gratitude. All of these things are so important in your self care. Then you. Um, I like to scrape my tongue first and then brush my teeth because then sometimes with the ama, it like comes out in your mouth. And then when you brush your teeth, you can just get rid of everything. Makes sense. So you're getting that out before you go and brush your teeth and brush it down your throat. Exactly. So then I oil pull. 
Okay. So oil pulling, again, it's like Ayurvedic mouthwash, essentially. Um, the reason why we use oil instead of like antibacterial mouthwash is because when you use anything antibacterial, like taking an antibiotic, it kills all bacteria, good and bad. Got it. And then eventually the bad bacteria flourishes because it's stronger. When we use Listerine or any other antibacterial mouthwash, it kills everything. So then the bad bacteria can grow again. And that's why it becomes addictive, right? Once you start using it, you need it every day. I'm Otherwise, it's like uh, bad breath. Yeah. So oil pulling, it's like, let's say I'm trying to clean this table. It's a wood table. If I use oil, it can penetrate deeper in the pores and take more out than just something that's water soluble, which is why people do oil to remove makeup. That's what I do. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. So, um, so with oil pulling, you can just put in your mouth, you can get ready for the day. You don't need to like sit and like stare at yourself. You can just, you know, a lot of people are like, I can't do that. I don't have time. Just like get ready for the day and then you can spit it out and then rinse again with like warm water. If you want, you can do it with salt water too, just to make sure everything is out. I love oil pulling for you in the morning because the first second he wakes up, he wants to tell me about every single thing (laughs) he can possibly tell me about. Oil pull will keep you quiet for five minutes. He told me every dream he had for the last two weeks today. You should keep a dream journal. Uh, Yeah, no, yeah, you should keep a dream journal. (laughs) I don't think I think. Like an audio journal. I would be. Let's Let's not. Use me my as your dream, dream journal, please. My Thank dream you. journal might be a nightmare journal. So okay. what happens? Sometimes I have like super mm-hmm. vivid dreams that I can recall yeah. throughout the day. Like, yep. but like clearly. Mm, yeah, it's all your pitta. You're sharp. Well, I don't know if I, a lot of time I don't want to recall them. No, yeah. I mean, every I, we can go deep into dream dissecting, but they all represent different things and different situations that maybe you don't want to deal with or are going on. But we can we can talk about your dreams after. No, I, I know yeah. I know people get super, especially Lauren maybe gets super frustrated. Maybe with the, keep with a dream talk. journal. No, but I'm more. I don't, <laughs> I really don't need, like to talk. We don't about need to dreams. talk about my dreams, but I'm just more trying to get to the like the root of what like you know why why is it that people have these super vivid dreams and like mm-hmm. if there's a, a deeper meaning to it or if you're gonna cheat on me ever like find someone that wants to hear about your dreams because it's just not me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Nec- I don't actually. Don't even want to talk to people about my dreams. Right. I'm just more. I uh, mean, dreams are dreams it. are often just segments. It's like your brain decompressing. So it's like everything you saw in the day, and your brain's just trying to like kind of get it out. So let's say you like watch the news or like a weird movie or something that can like alter your dreams, which is why it's really important to like keep your mind clean. Like people watch tons of horror movies and stuff. That's super not recommended in Ayurveda because it stays in your subconscious. So like, don't get really stressed about shit that you can't control. Exactly. No, listen, you don't need to preach that to me. I understand (laughs) that. Like I, I I believe like the only thing you can control in your life is choice and how you respond to things and how you look at things. I'm completely clear there. And I, and I fully get, um, you know, like they don't, it, a dream doesn't fully occupy my brain and take over. Right. I'm just more trying, I was curious about right, what where the it me- comes yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. so while we're on the topic of morning routines, you talk about that in your book, you say to rise before the sun, you say to drink your tea and meditate. You say to practice yoga and eat a warming breakfast. Can mm-hmm. you kind of elaborate on that? Rising before the sun. Uh, do you really rise before the sun? You know, it's so hard for me to in L.A. because we're so bombarded with, you know, electricity and lights. And keep in mind, Ayurveda was written before electricity existed. So it's a lot easier for them to do. But like, you know, when you're on vacation, just like naturally you want to get back into that rhythm. That's how our bodies were designed. So the doshas kind of cycle on a 24-hour like basis. So between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., kapha is naturally higher for everyone. So that's why you wake up and you're kind of like groggy and you're sleepy, which is why it's the best time to exercise. Because if you exercise first thing in the morning, you can like break through that and have more energy throughout the day. Um, And 
you know, our energy moves with the sun. When the sun's the highest in the sky, we have more energy. When it's lower, we have less. So in the morning, it's good to have something warming, something that will, you know, if your internal body is like 98 degrees and you start your day with something cold, like a cold smoothie, again, it's like putting ice on a warm fire. So you want to start your day with hot tea, hot water, Which completely foods. proves my point of why I need hot mint tea by my bed on a coffee warmer every morning. Yeah, I bring it to you Good. every morning. All right. But the Keep problem is sometimes you don't, you know, you don't get to it and then you've you're <laughs> got your coffee too messed up and you're... <laughs> Just yeah. keep oil pulling with your dream journal. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so starting your day with some something warm is really good to get your body prepared for the day. Like a lot of people, they wake up and they're like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day and they eat something like bacon and eggs or whatever else. And it's like your body, your body isn't ready for it yet. It's like, imagine you were just fasting overnight and then you throw on a bunch of food on this fire. So imagine it's like this fire, we were all like camping and we went to sleep and the fire like went out overnight. It's like a little bit. And then we wake up and we like throw bricks on it. The fire is going to go too out. Much. You threw some bacon and eggs on the <laughs> No, but I did this morning wake up and have... Um, oh, wait, no, that was not this morning. I was thinking I had tea, but it was not this morning. So you should wake up and have a cup of tea. Yeah, something warm. Or not hot lemon water. Lemon water, no. tea, whatever. Um, I love to do a mixture of turmeric, ginger, black pepper, ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen. I'm sure you've heard of it, and collagen. I keep wow. it in... Yeah, I just keep... Like, I mix... I can make it for you. I just mix it together in my bag. And then even if I'm traveling or something, just... Put a scoop of that, a teaspoon of that in hot water, and that's it. So you already have that all mixed up together. Yeah, that's it's smart. super easy. Yeah. Really smart. You just carry it in like a bag or like a little In a little cup. bag, yeah. exactly. Um, a smart. Just so it's it like you don't need to like reach into all these different things, and you're not going to do it. Just put it all in one, and you're good. Um, and since I have more coffee, I don't eat breakfast. Because for me, since coffee is high in the morning, and then I eat breakfast, I'll get more tired throughout the day. So for me, it's much better to like go exercise or something like that and then come back and eat like lunch. Like intermittent fasting is a big part of Ayurveda too. Whereas if you have a lot of vata, that's probably not a good idea because for you, your energy levels are going to get too scattered. Your your blood sugar level levels are going to move up and down. Pittas can intermittent fast. They just shouldn't be like fighting against their hunger. Like if you're ravenously hung- hungry, eat. But if you're not, then it's okay. So Lauren talks about this all the time. She says, I'm not attached to food. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it's that I'm not attached to food. I love food. I love good food. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain times where I'm just like, I just am not hungry. Like I don't, I don't need to eat. I'm not like, it's not a, it's not a thought that's like occurring over and over in my head. Right. Um, but when I'm hungry, then like I get like ravenously hungry and I'm like, I got to eat. Are you hijacking another interview for yourself? No, but I, <laughs> I like to get, I need, I like to find the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm wondering like, for some, for certain people, like if they just don't have that craving and they're not hungry, like it's not necessarily. Are you like eating like one meal a day or are you no, still No, no, no. Like I, I think I still need to have the three meals a day, okay. but I'm definitely the type of person that can get involved in something like maybe I'm at work and then I forget to eat lunch, right? Because right. I'm just like so focused on what I'm doing. Um, but the, the downside of that is then all of a sudden I'll be like. Then you'll be super hungry. Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of times that leads to bad eating. Chipotle yeah. specifically. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> But it's it's not it's it's not that I'm trying. I just literally like forget to eat, and I and people uh, Lauren gives me shit about that. But like sometimes it's just not on the top of mind right. if I get focused on something else. Well, it's because you're so in your head and you're just not in your body at that time that your body is like I'm hungry and you're just not really listening. So is that a bad thing? Yeah, you should you should have some sort of schedule for yourself. I know it's hard, but you know it's like when you sleep at a certain time, your body gets tired at that time. It's the same as eating. 
when we eat, our body gets ready for it two hours before. It starts secreting the digestive enzyme. It's like prepares the correct environment. So if we're kind of eating like randomly throughout the day, our body doesn't know when to expect food, when to digest, and our digestion is going to suffer. And, and Ayurveda digestion is like everything. Because if you have strong digestion, you're going to absorb nutrients. You're going to eliminate. Like it's the most important thing. So that's why having some sort of schedule. So maybe set a reminder on your phone or something yeah. like, hey, like 30 minutes eat and then move on i need to do something it's definitely i would say in my life right now it's probably like something like my weakest thing like i I really i really need to get my diet under control what are some vegetables that each of these i don't want to call it signs what do you doshas doshas yeah what are some vegetables that you recommend for each one? Yeah. So vatas, are, since they're super airy, they need root vegetables. So literally things that are grown under the ground are going to ground their energy. So sweet potatoes and ginger and turmeric and butternut squash and pumpkin and beets. like, yeah, beets, um, anything that's like a fall vegetable, you know, vata is the highest in fall. So what does earth provide us in fall? It naturally provides us these things. Okay. So that's what's amazing. You just look at what season it is and you got that. Pittas, it's hot. So in the summer, earth naturally provides us with like leafy greens and juicy fruits and like lots of herbs and like cooling foods. It doesn't mean all raw. It can be like lightly steamed, but you just don't want it to be like fried or like spiced, you know? Mm-hmm. So cucumbers, mint leaves, parsley, broccoli, anything cruciferous, cauliflower, kale, all that's going to be really good for pittas. Now, kaffas, they tend to be more like stuck. They tend to gain weight the most easily. So for them, like a lot of sweet potatoes and avocados are going to be too much for them, too dense. So for them, they need something that's more light, more stimulating, more like astringent, which is the taste. So like asparagus and Brussels sprouts, like a lot of bitter vegetables in terms of fruit, just like berries and pomegranate, not so much like the bananas and mangoes. It's just too sweet for them. And is there somewhere that, that the audience can go if they're listening to this interview right now to, to kind of find out their dosha, dasha? dosha? Yeah. On, no, on my website, I have a quiz that you can Love take. It. Can yeah. you just tell them that really quick as we keep talking? Yeah. So it's IamSaharaRose.com. Um, Sahara, like the desert, and you can just go on it and it will separate the results between your mind and your body. Cause what I found when I was practicing is some people are totally one thing in their body and another thing in their mind. So like, what do they do? Uh-huh. So I've separated the results and I recommend following the lifestyle suggestions for the mind and the food suggestions for the body. So you can really cater it to what's going on for you. Amazing. No, this is, you know, I'm looking at your book right now and this is going to be super helpful for me. Yeah. Like, this is really, really cool because it's telling me what types of like, th- my biggest thing is like trying to figure out all these different things to eat. Do you want to do a consultation? <laughs> I'm d- basically doing it right now. <laughs> okay, so I want to go back to kind of um, not the beauty, but the beauty niche of wellness. I guess mm-hmm. it's beauty wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a little bit more facial massage, dry brushing. We yes. talked about tongue scraping um, and also... Uh, I think I saw oil massage. Yeah, and abhyanga, self-oil massage. Okay, can mm-hmm. you kind of elaborate on all three of those? Yeah, so in Ayurveda, you know, your skin is your largest organ, so it's really important to continually nourish it. So dry brushing is a really good practice to remove dead skin cells from the surface of your pores, and the reason why it's more effective than doing it when it's wet, because when it's wet, everything gets stuck, and it's really hard to remove, like, the dead skin cells. And you'll notice it when you're dry brushing lots of dead skin is coming off. So when you dry brush, you always want to be moving towards your heart, never away, long strokes. And then when you're on your joints, like your elbows or your knees, you want to go in circular motions. And you can even lightly do it on your stomach counterclockwise, which is the direction of your digestion. Oh, that I didn't know that. So when you're doing your stomach, you go in circles. Exactly. The okay. direction. So counterclockwise. That's why whenever I dry brush you, I dry brush them in the shower because I'm obnoxious. I always go up to your heart. 
Yeah. So I feel like you should be really blessed that you have a wife <laughs> that does that for you in the shower. And just remember to go counterclockwise <laughs> on, my, on my stomach. <laughs> so, so if you're up by, by, if you're above the heart, you go towards the heart as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you don't really want, you know, your neck is kind of too sensitive. I wouldn't want to do it on my neck or on my face, but just like your body, like below the shoulders. Um, and then a really good thing after is to do abhyanga, which is self-oil massage. So the best for vata is a sesame oil because it's really warming and grounding. For pittas, coconut oil. And for kaphas, they can decide based on the season, but they could also do mustard oil, olive oil. Um, that works for kaphas too. Again, it's not like you're going to die if you do coconut oil and you're a vata. Like, it's not a big deal. That's just like the optimal. Well, it looks like we're going to have to get out more coconut oil, Lauren. Okay. <laughs> That's his favorite. <laughs> No, we're, we're going to have to use sesame seed oil now. No, sesame for you, <laughs> coconut for me. So. You'll be in the corner by yourself. Um, I want to talk about my ride or die facial massage. You and I were talking about it a little before this podcast. Yes. Yeah, so facial massage is super important in Ayurveda because it's stimulating your lymphatic drainage system. We have so much puffiness that's stuck in our systems, and we have certain points called marma points in Ayurveda. So it's like certain areas you can touch. So you want to go above on your eyebrows like this, like imagine – for listeners who can't see, I'm going along my eyebrow, above my eyebrow. And then you want to go again up, like as if I'm putting on um, eye cream. So from the front of your eye to the outside of your eye. Yeah, I feel like you always so want to go up underneath your eye because you're pulling it up. Exactly. Instead of pulling it down. Exactly. And then again on the face, it's like up above the cheekbones. And then the neck you want to go down. So it's similar to like J-rolling or um, the Koreans have gua sha. I think it's another technique. Um, but again, you want to make sure your fingers are lubricated. You don't want to be doing it dry because it could be really harsh on your um, skin. skin. There's another amazing practice that you might love. It's called Shirodhara. It's, it's like a third eye activation. I'll show you pictures I just did in India. You lie down and they pour hot oil on your third eye for 30 minutes. And you just feel like you literally have like an out-of-body experience because it's just this warm sensation of oil and it's like kind of like going all over your face and your hair and they're like massaging your head and your face at the same time. And it's like you literally, it's like orgasmic. It's so Wait, amazing. Wait, that literally <laughs> sounds like, can you do that to me tonight, Michael, with sesame seed oil? You're going to have, have like a lot of, it's like you have this like funnel and it's, you're just lying down and, oh, and it swings like a pendulum like this. So it's like hitting all of, because we have so many um, nerve endings right here. Wow, I bet that yeah. was amazing. Amazing. I'm sure they do it. I'll find a place in LA you can get it done. What is it called? Shirodara. Shirodara. So it's so we have chakras which are energy centers in our bodies and the energy center here is your third eye and that's in charge of intuition. So when you do it, you become a more intuitive person. You can like pick up on people's energies better and like that's the reason like why some people survive in life and some people don't. Some people are sharp and they can pick things up whereas some people are like, you know, oh, I didn't realize he was cheating on me the whole time. It's cuz your third eye wasn't open. Wow. Yeah. Let's go get our third eye open. <laughs> that I'm sounds in. so amazing. Oil everywhere. Yeah. And then so when you get out, you do oil all over the body and massage and that's really massage. And then if you if you want to, like for people at home, like take it a step further, then you can get in a hot shower so you can let the oil penetrate deeper in your pores and then you can kind of rinse it off. And then afterwards, if you want, again, if you have dry areas, you can put that back into your body. But it's nice to take a hot shower, be in a steam room with the oil on because it can just go so much deeper. And you'll notice you don't get dry as often. Wow, that is so amazing. Yeah. So tell everyone a little bit, like a little summary of your book, if they have never heard of this or if this is the first they've ever heard about it, what can they expect from your book? 
Yeah, so it's the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. So literally, if you've never heard of Ayurveda, this is your first time hearing about it, it's the perfect book for you. It starts really, really simple of what it is, what the words mean. I have a whole chapter on ways that you're probably already practicing Ayurveda and you don't know. And then it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I start talking about like layers outside of your body and like all of these crazy, more spiritual things, but it's all interconnected. I have chapters on like, what's your digestive type? What kind of nutritional imbalance do you have? I'm a nutritionist. That's what I studied. So I really love blending in like science and there's tons of research to show that like, this isn't just like this, like far off weird, like hippie thing. This is actually something that's like grounded and sustainable and is like coming back into our our lives because we're so sick of like another trend diet another guy had an idea about something and there's no studies that show that it works like this has worked for 5,000 years so chances are we have a lot to learn from it no and for me like this type of stuff makes a lot of sense because it's it's done at the individual level right mm -hmm. where it's not like okay like this is a trend or a new thing like this is this is something that you can take and and look at as an individual and apply to your own life exactly individually as opposed to blanket yeah i think that's why like we have so many health issues it's because it's this like one size fits all approach where it's like everyone must be keto everyone must be paleo like if you're kafa you're trying to lose weight you become keto you're going to gain a lot of weight you know no, and because if you can't do the fat if something works for let's say my body type it's not going to be the same for you and it's not going to be the same for Lauren. Exactly. And we're all applying the same thing. And even and then, you're changing all the time too. 100%. So what is this Oljas enhancing tonic? Yeah. So Oljas means like life force. You can tell if someone has Oljas because like their eyes are like shiny. You know, people who just look healthy, uh -huh. right? So that means they're high in Oljas. So an Oljas enhancing tonic would be something that creates the Oljas. So I think the one I put in there had like dates and almond milk and almonds and things that bring life force back You guys, there's body. this tonic in her book that's like almonds and cinnamon and rose petals and saffron and it's like a, a, a kind of like a witch doctor I can't wait to try this yeah this is so amazing that was so so cool to have you on the show okay. thank you so much where can everyone find you and where can they find your book so they can find me on Instagram at I am Sahara Rose and my website's the same thing. I am Rose.com and I invite them to take the quiz. I have tons of just free resources and eBooks and stuff to download. And if they have any questions, they can feel free to email me. And the book, you think they can get it where? Amazon? Like Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, okay. wherever books are sold. We'll, we'll link everything to in yeah. the show notes. Thank you so much Thank for you coming for having on, me, Sahara. Guys. This is so cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Before you guys go. I have a couple things. Do you want a short, fun, festive email from me? Tipsy Thursday is a quick email with lots of value that includes five tips from me, plus my favorite song of the week, show, book, wellness tip, random tricks, and lots of beauty hacks, of course. It's super short. Like I said, it's kind of like a TSC aperitif for you. To check it out, just go to theskinnyconfidential.com and click Lauren Everett's and then subscribe. Drop your email into the box and you will get the next one. Secondly, as always, a weekly giveaway. To win a TSC meal plan, simply tell me your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram. You guys are really going to want the meal plan because the new one's coming out and it is bomb. And lastly, as always, if you rate and review the podcast, send us a screenshot, email it to asklauren at theskinnyconfidential.com and we will send you my five top beauty hacks straight to your inbox. Thank you guys for your attention. We'll see you next Tuesday and we hope you all get a tongue cleaner. This episode was brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is a one-stop shop for high-end, high-quality, and highly discounted groceries, supplements, beauty products, and household supplies. 
Thrive Market guarantees its customers 25 to 50% below retail on all items because it cuts out the middleman. Thrive Market is offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, $60 in free groceries plus free shipping with a one-month free trial. All you guys have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash skinny. Again, that's thrivemarket.com slash skinny. Happy shopping. Get those tongue cleaners. Get a little raw apple cider vinegar and definitely some raw honey.